This is Patrick Patterson, and you're listening to the NTTV Podcast. Podcast. To episode forty-one of the NTTB podcast, the the Dirk Nowitzki commemorative um, edition of the NTTB podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host Alex, joined in by my co-host Anthony. What's good? And we're just, we're gonna hop into uh, just something that kind of surprised me, you know, as this week began. So we already talked about um, Westbrook and Nina expecting a new baby, and of course we. Or I'm sorry, Anthony came up with the uh, with the name that I love, Legend, calling him or her Legend Westbrook. It works. It's unisex. It works for both genders. Um, but then she released a picture earlier this week, and dang, that uh that belly is popping. Yeah, she's you know, further along than people think. She looks a lot further along than uh than that first picture. That first picture just looked like a little belly. You know, looks like a little baby bump. Um. But this one looked like she's a couple months in. Like by couple, I mean past like four four months. She's at least five months in. It looks like that baby's gonna be born six four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> grown a grown man gonna come She's out. Gonna of there. walk out there. <laughs> I'm ready for the NBA now. Like have me my rock. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the rumor is a little rumor that I've heard because when she put out the the initial Instagram post. It had two baby pictures on there. It had two like two uh, baby emojis on there, and so you know a lot of people thought, okay, that's that's Noah, and that's yeah, it could know, be one and two, yeah, little brother and sister. But you never know if that means, hey, you got two in the oven in there, and you know, just building the empire. Westbrook is just building his little empire that's going to come out, the little athletic empire. Um, so yeah, so I mean, rumor is it's twins. I could be wrong. Don't don't take that as as gospel for me. Please do not. Don't run with that. Um, but hey, if if he if she's having two, that'd be three in in about a year and a half. That's Ooh, a <laughs> that's a whole lot of diapers, <laughs> a whole lot of diapers, and a whole lot of uh, stress. <coughs> believe me. Um, so yeah, so another thing that kind of popped up on the radar is uh, so the GOP, the Oklahoma GOP, the Grand Old Party, Republicans. Uh, so they're holding a fundraiser at PG's old Oklahoma City house in Gallardia. Now, before we even jump into that, the specifics on the house are, so it has five bedrooms, has eight bathrooms. Because um, you always need more bathrooms than bedrooms. You do, you do. I mean, you could put a bunch of people in a bedroom, so, so it has eight bedrooms. It has a 10-car garage. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it has a, a, a three-level elevator. Elevator, yeah. It has a couple balconies. A couple jacuzzis or, or whirlpools, whatever they're called. Uh, so yeah, so the house is, is listed at three point four million. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not bad. Hey, three point four million in L.A. will get you like, you know, a three bedroom studio apartment, yeah, three bedroom shack with you know half a backyard. But yeah. you know, three point four million to get you you know a pretty nice looking house. And I'm in sure Oklahoma it's got City. some acres to it too. I'm sure it's no, uh, it's a neighborhood. Gallardia is a neighborhood. Yeah, so but probably. I'm sure it's the lot is still bigger than a normal standard size lot. Probably, yeah, probably because I mean, 
You probably got to have a little bit more space in your yeah, backyard for yeah, pools. Yeah, you've got a nature. backyard back there and yeah. then some. Yeah, you do. Uh, but, yeah, so so everybody within – so the thing around the house is kind of that, you know, Paul George just leases it. You know, it's just kind of like one of those things where, number one, he you know, he lived in there last year. And it's one of those things where, you know, if he wasn't going to stay, it could have been easy just to kind of yeah. drop it. You know, it's not a little, it's not an ownership type, type issue. Uh, so, you know, everybody within this little – scrum so within the republican you know the gop and within the thunder organization organization do want to go ahead and put out there that number one this is not politically affiliated so it's not like paul george is you know rocking the red <laughs> or anything like that um so he's not politically affiliated it's just probably a nice house that's empty at this moment you know it's it's set up um so it's just, a big enough house to hold the gop basically yeah it's just a little fundraiser it's yeah. just a little fundraiser for them um, and so it's something that it's probably ready made for an event like that. So, you know, that's that's probably what it is. So another bit of good news that we got this week. Robertson was running on a treadmill. I saw that he was he was putting in some speed. He was huffing. Yeah, he, he was. Huff- I mean, it, it wasn't like have you seen those uh, those treadmill v- videos where like people are, are like running 26, 26 miles, miles an hour? An hour? That's yeah, I've seen them. Right there. He was putting in some good speed and he looked like, you know, even pace on both sides. It mm-hmm. didn't look like he was overcompensating or anything. Looked in shape. Yeah, he it looked, looked like he was getting ready for the beginning of training camp. So, you know, at, at least so this means that at least he's running forward. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he can run forward. You know, the next step in all this is going to be him, his lateral movement. Right, that's going to be the concern. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Him rocking back and forth, uh, the explosiveness, him jumping off the ground, you know, fully explosive with all the muscles working and things of that nature. Uh, so it's going to take time. I mean, this, that video looked good, and we're about mm, about a month and a couple days away from training camp. You know, he's not going to be ready for training camp. Just want to put that out there. He's not going to be ready for any preseason games, and he's probably not going to be ready for the first month of the season. So I just want to put that out there right now. I mean, just looking at this, and we can celebrate the small steps. We can celebrate the fact that he's running now. Um, you know, if anybody was at the uh, season ticket holder party um, there in was it April around April around March or April, time, yeah. um, he was he was gimpy on that leg, man. He was he was walking real slow on it, and you know he, he had just come out of surgery. Had just you know sur- they had just done surgery on it, and it's a major knee injury. They were, we're not talking about you know cartilage damage. We're not talking about them doing a scope. No, when you tear your your uh, patellar tendon. I think they literally have to get another patella ten- tendon from a cadaver yeah, or, or from another part of your and body. And grafted in there. And grafted in there. I'm pretty sure it's from a cadaver because if you're an athlete, you don't want another tendon being taken from another part of your body. Right. Um, so, yeah, they probably had to take a cadaver from somewhere or a tendon from a cadaver and uh, put it into there. And it takes time. That takes time. That, that, that injury happened in late January. You know, September is just eight months after that. You know, October is nine months. November, you're looking into 10 months. Then you're starting to look into, you know, probably getting him back into top form. Um, So it was great to see him, you know, doing that. Um, But, you know, please preach. I preach patience when it comes to this with Thunder fans and Robertson's injury because it was a major injury. Um, A couple things. So just a couple more pieces. So Davon Hall, uh, he decided to, instead of signing with, Either the Thunder on a two-way contract or a regular contract or just going to the, to the G League, 
Uh, he signed with uh, Carnes Taipans of the NBL in Australia. So the NBL is the same, the same league that Terrence Ferguson played for the uh, Adelaide 36ers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, hopefully. I think I saw a tweet from Royce. I want to say it was from Royce. said that the plan was basically for him to play in the D League or the G League. After the NBL season, yeah. So the you know those those overseas leagues are their seasons are usually a lot shorter than NBA seasons. Even if you're just looking at like 50 games, you know, it'll probably be over by March. Um, and so the plan is for him to go over there, you know, play with the team, develop with the team, and then once that season's over with, hightail it back to United States and play on the G League uh, with the Blue. So you know he's still within the development plans. And it's going to be something that's probably. You know, next season he'll be someone that the Thunder really look at to to give him one of those, you know, one of those end of the bench type roster spots. Especially if he's developing, especially if he's turning into what the Thunder think he could th- turn into. You know, he whenever he was in college, those he he increased his three point percentage every year to the point where it was almost it might have been over forty percent or over. I think it was pretty close. Yeah, his final year, his final season at Virginia, and then also he was one of the top defensive wings. Uh, in college, uh, in the ACC. So, you know, having him, him develop um, further along in a professional league, something, you know, maybe a little bit further along than the G League, um, and then coming over and playing in the G League, that's just something that amps his development, and hopefully he'll be ready for the uh, the nineteen twenty season uh, to be part of the roster. Um, and I know you brought up a uh, a piece on was it cbs sports i I think it was i believe it was cbs yeah yeah so on cbs sports where uh basically i think this guy guy named brad botkins uh said that westbrook is basically running out of excuses to not push this team forward right you know so it's been two seasons since durant left um and this year we're coming into a a season where we have a lot more stability than we've ever had since Durant left you know so we have Paul George back we have Jeremy Grant back you know Stephen Adams Robertson's coming back he is coming off an injury but we do have a lot of core pieces that are still here Brinas um you know Patrick Patterson's coming back from last season uh Ferguson's coming back from last season so you do have a sense of stability a sense of um just stableness and so if the Thunder basically do the same thing this year that they did last season then you kind of have to start looking yeah. at Westbrook. So an expert, an excerpt from his uh, article says, barring injury, if they can make a leap, if they can't make a leap into the realm of elite this year, if they can't raise their profiles mm-hmm. to a level at least equal to the sum of their parts, even the most devoted Westbrook supporters will have to come to grips with the with what detractors have long trumpeted, that he simply isn't cut from the elite franchise cloth. And, and I mean, it, it's something that has often worried me about Westbrook. I love Westbrook. I love his game. I've always worried about him being a number one on a team, like how that looks as far as is he able to take a franchise and push them to second round, conference finals, finals, NBA champ. Is he, is he able to do that? Um, you know, I think with Paul George in hand, it helps further that along, but I mean, I just I, I've always worried about that. Well, to his point in the article, he also says that he would argue the same thing for Bradley Beal and John Wall in Washington, right? So it's not like he's just coming and attacking 
uh, Russell Westbrook. He's attacking the players that have been there the longest mm -hmm. and really should have the depth and the strength to compete. Um, he, but he also, you know, he goes in there and talks about had Clay Thompson not gone off in game six, had Durant not had yeah. those crucial turnovers in game six, they likely beat the uh, the Warriors, they likely beat the Cavs, and they have an NBA championship, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. Durant leaves. You know, we, we all know how it goes. Yeah. Um, but he also says on here, um, you know, it's also not going to be a cakewalk for Westbrook and the Thunder because presumably for us to make the conference finals, we're either going to have to eliminate the Warriors or the Rockets or both yeah. in route to doing that. So it's not going to be an easy and it's not going to be an easy path. Uh, but like I said, I think from a three year standpoint, mm. third round. A Com tough third round or conference, conference finals. finals. Well, or, or, third round. Yeah, well, finals. semifinals are, yeah. you know, exactly. Second round or third round. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if you get there, you know, you push it to seven in the second round and it comes down to the last few shots. Yeah. Or, you know, you go six in the conference in the conference finals, something like that. Then I think you're in a good place for the following year. I agree. I mean, I've, I've always, you know, we've, we've had several questions over the past couple of podcasts about what constitutes a, a successful season. Um, I think – you know, my thing has always been conference finals. But <coughs> if you're going to go out in the second round, make sure you go out to either the, the Warriors or the, or the Rockets in yeah. a seven-game type series. Nothing too easy either. You know, it can't be Sweepsville yeah. or five games and be like, oh, okay, well, we did okay. No, we didn't. You know, this team, as, as far as it's constructed, um, is built for competition and contending. You know, it's built for that. And, and even though, you know, it didn't show it last season, last season we had a couple holes in there. You know, last season we had a couple defensive lapses. And this team that they're creating now, that they're, you know, making now, should be a lot better defensively, be a lot more consistent defensively. Um, and so. And assuming everybody's up their game a little bit, we've mm -hmm. all developed another year, another year under the system. Yeah. We should be a little bit better on the wings and shooting threes. And, it, and for spacing wise, spacing is yeah. what I mean. And I mean, there should be, there should be hunger. I mean, like I said, this this team is a lot of it's the the core of it is coming back. There should be a hunger that says, well, you know what? It, 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 if there's not the hunger there at training camp, mm -hmm. then game one. Watching exactly. the defending yeah. champions get their rings, if that doesn't put hunger into you, yeah, you know, there's there's no hope for you. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the elbow thing with PG and the knee, knee thing are things of the past. You know, hopefully this is a situation where he comes into the season healthy, and uh, you know, no excuses. No, you know, just kind of like the article says, no excuses. Um, so speaking of the schedule, um, so the rest of the schedule, so we knew, we kind of knew. You know, in the last podcast that the Thunder were playing the Warriors on opening night. I don't know. Did, did we talk about the Christmas game? We did mention the Christmas games, the matchups and all that. Because, yeah. you know, I went on a vent on why I don't understand why the Knicks keep getting Christmas Day games. I don't think you did. I don't, I don't did I? Oh, maybe I just mentioned that to I you. I think you mentioned that, mentioned yeah. that to me on uh I mean, I on understand, Twitter like, text. that New York is, like, you know, what is the mecca of basketball and all that other stuff. But they haven't been good in a long Where time. Where is that from? New York is the mecca. I, mean, well, I, I mean, I know I think, Madison Square Garden is, I, is a great place. Well, yes. I think it goes from there and also, like, the Rucker Park and the legend of street ball and all okay. that other stuff. I think that's where the whole, you know, New York is the mecca of basketball comes from. 
and yeah. and I get it, and I understand that, and like they're a big franchise market, and I and I get all that, mm-hmm. but they they haven't been good in years, and I honestly don't think people are watching the game. No, I mean the you know the the Knicks may have something going now with the young guys, with, which Porzingis is probably not going to play this year. There's no reason for Porzingis to play at all this season. You know that, that's that's kind of like the. The rumor going around is that Porzingis, regardless of whether he's ready or not, is not going to play this season. Um, you know, he got injured last year around Mar- you know, yeah, February, late. March. He got injured late. He wasn't going to be ready for this season anyway until probably about January, February. And the, I, I think the Knicks are pretty much like, look, we're in rebuild mode. You know, we're in full rebuild mode. Um, you know, we're trying to get some contracts off the book. So Ennis Canner, this is his last year. Um who else is their big cost? So uh, Noah, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, Joe Kim Noah. But I think he still has two more years after this. Joe Kim Noah is the big one that yeah, but is it's just floating out there. It's already been you know it's already been put out there that he's not going to be a part of this team per he's Lou Aldang. Yeah, he's Lou Aldang, and so you know the you know the Knicks have a couple weeks to decide if they're going to wave and stretch or whether they're going to keep this guy on the team but probably away from the team type thing. Um, so yeah, basically the Lou All Dang situation, yeah. um, and then of course, like you said, you know Tim Hardaway, but Tim Hardaway is still a a good enough player to where that contract could be traded. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. So you got to understand there, there's going to be so there's going to be about eighteen to twenty teams next season with uh, with some cap space. Yeah, yeah, some dead cap space that'll take them in. Yeah, so maybe those teams that aren't necessarily don't really think that they can be players in free agency. In the trade deadline, they may be like, "Look, we'll take on yeah. Tim Hardaway. We'll take I mean, on uh, maybe it's, but uh, my thing is, is like literally, uh, for the most part, Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas is the only sport that's playing on Christmas is the NBA. Yeah, it is, with the exception of the days that it lands on, like a Monday or a Sunday, where the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think two years ago it was on a Monday, or last year it was on a Monday, and not only mm-hmm. do you have five NBA games, you had like three NFL games. Yeah. So you literally have the whole world's attention. And starting off your basketball five-game run all day with the Knicks <laughs> and, like, you know, this year's Knicks in Milwaukee, which I think it'll be a lopsided event. Uh-huh. I just don't think that led, that tends to go well for yeah. your viewership. No, I agree. I, I, I agree 100%. Um, I also, but then again, like the NFL – the NFL has their traditional teams that they put on Thanksgiving, regardless of whether they're good or not. Yeah, that's Detroit. Detroit being that case is or the Cowboys. Yeah, they have them on there every yeah, year. Yeah, but the Cowboys have been relevant for most part the last few years, at least to that point. Yeah, to the to the to the Thanksgiving point, they're at least somewhat close to mm-hmm. contention or whatever. It's usually right after Thanksgiving and when stuff goes off the yeah. rails. And yeah, stuff but like Detroit, that. Detroit, is, but is Detroit's a good probably example. a better example how they've been up and down, yeah. um, and they've been a few years good and a few years bad. But so we did get the full schedule. We um, did. I do guess, have a gripe about the schedule. Though. Guess what? We play eighty-two games, forty-one at home and forty-one on the road. I mean, These guys, how do they do it? If you were waiting for that type of information, we're giving it to you right now. Uh, they play every Eastern Conference team twice, once at home, once on the road. Uh, everybody in their division four times, two times at home, and two times on the road. And then various times for various Western Conference teams. The Warriors, they actually only play them three times this year. Only. They, yeah, they play them twice in Oracle and then once in Oklahoma City. So we will not be able to see 
Durant more than one time here unless you play him in the playoffs, playoffs yeah, yeah. type thing. So looking at the schedule, um, so first month we start on October 16th. We play at Oakland. So we play against the Golden State Warriors. We see them receive their rings. Hip, hip, hooray. On TNT. On TNT. Uh, then we're on the West Coast for two days before on the 19th we play in uh, Los Angeles against the Clippers. Um, then finally, the uh, the home opener on the twenty first on Sunday. Um, that's going to be against Sacramento. Then we rest three days because you know everybody needs rest. First week of the season, so three day rest, and then we play Boston. That'll probably be our first prime time um, home game. Also on TNT. Also on TNT. Yes. Uh, then we close out October with Phoenix and the Clippers at home. So, kind of looking at that. As far as starts, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six games. What do you predict we start out at? I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to do this for every month. I just want, kind of want to look at the first I month. I think you have a possibility of starting out either 5-1 and one or 4-2, and two, and those two yeah. losses being either Golden State or Boston. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we're bound, we're bound to play a stupid, ugly game somewhere in there. Yeah, especially I, Phoenix. We always we always struggle with Phoenix. Yeah, um, Sacramento for some reason, it's always a close game, you know. And then we play the Clippers twice, so there's bound to be, you know, a game where you're like, "Damn, here we go!" You know, here go here here this team goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I said the same thing about four and two. Yeah, five, I want to say five and one, but I just. You know, but I will say this. I will say this. The beginning of the season. Those six games, I think, will be very telling to how this season is going to go. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have the opportunity. You have, you basically have two games in there that are supposed to be tight games. Right. So you have the Boston game, you have Golden State, and then you have four other games in there that, for the most part, the Thunder should be favored pretty heavily. Yeah. Well, they're more talented than the other teams listed on here, right? Exactly. Now. So you know, on paper. So this will be a good kind of gauge and when i say gauge i mean we're, we're six games into the season so you can't really gauge too much but it'll be good to see the mindset of this team opening up the season with these first six games are they going to be the thunder team that we know um that gets lackadaisical from time to time or are they gonna, are they going to be the you know a focused hungry team that you know wants to win and number one wants to win and number two puts teams away you know doesn't play with them doesn't you know it's not like a a a wild animal that plays with their food a little bit before they eat it yeah you know because eventually in the nba if you do that enough times um the prey is going to come back and bite you you know like like we've seen plenty of times uh so then we move on to november i'm not going to go over every game i just want to look at the kind of the highlights so we play new orleans on the fifth at home um that should be good first time we get to see uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, then I, on the eighth, we welcome in Carmelo Anthony and the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. James Harden, Chris Paul. That'll be a good game. Is that going to be on TNT? Also? That is also a TNT game. <laughs> we, we, we just live on TNT. We just live on TNT. Uh, then we welcome back Ennis on the fourteenth. The Knicks come to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We go to. Back to Oracle on the 21st. So the day before Thanksgiving? Yeah, the day before Thanksgiving, we go back to Oakland. We play Golden State. 
Um, and then after that, we finished the we finished November by playing Charlotte, Denver, Cleveland, and Atlanta. Pretty much, we should be favored in each of those games. Maybe, and they're all at home. Maybe the Denver game is you know Denver's always. Well, Denver looks to be tough, so that might be a little bit closer, but definitely favored against Charlotte, Cleveland, and Atlanta. And Atla- I mean, the Atlanta game on the thirtieth is going to be fun because Trey Young, yeah, comes back. Oklahoma to Oklahoma boy coming back. Yeah, so you know this month has let's see two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen games. Looking at the looking at the uh, kind of the competition in here, you know, we go against Charlotte twice. We got Cleveland in there twice. You got Washington in there, depending on yeah. which Washington shows up. I think logically, ten and five in this in this uh, month, probably. That seems about right. Yeah, ten and five. You're gonna slip up a game here or there. You do play Houston. You do play um, Golden State on the road. I mean, ten and five at a low. Like if we go twelve and three, that's kind of expected. Also, there are some bad teams on this list <coughs> in November. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, December. So rounding out the year. Uh, so we go on a three-game road trip. Detroit, Brooklyn, Chicago. Then on the 10th of December, we meet our buddies, the Utah Jazz. Utah, And believe it or not, that's not on national TV. Really? That's not. It's, it's on, a Monday game. It's a Monday yeah. game. It's on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Yeah, I figured that would be one that, you know. You would think the first time that we meet the Utah Jazz, that might be. That was a pretty tense playoff series. Ah. Um, but no, okay. Uh, then we go back on the road, play New Orleans, play Denver. Uh, back at home to to face the Clippers, Chicago, um, and then at on the road, Sacramento, Utah. Then we play Minnesota at home on the 23rd. Uh, we play Houston, of course, on Christmas, and then on the road, Phoenix. And then we play a, a back-to-backer um, with Dallas. Yeah, so, at Dallas and then at home. Yeah, so it's, it's a back-to-back um, home and home. So we play at Dallas on the 30th, and then we play Dallas here in Oklahoma City on the 31st. Which we played them last year on the thirty first, also. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and we lost that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's 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 a, for for the be, for being the first half or the first you know the 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 and the the calendar year two thousand eighteen. It's a pretty easy start. We it's, play we play a lot of bad teams. It does seem like it's a little light on the front end of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to diminish any of the teams on here, but just based off. What we what is predicted of these teams and stuff like that? It does seem like it's a very um, back heavy schedule. Yeah. And here's the thing: here's here's the dirty little secret. Here's the thing that you guys, you know, maybe some of you guys don't realize is that teams that play a lot on national TV, the fronts of their schedule are going to be very easy because in the back half of their schedule, when they're playing on ABC, when they're playing on um, more prime time, whenever the NFL is done with. That's when you start to see those the big time competitions. Yeah. yeah, that's when you start to see those big time Saturday Saturday night matchups, um, Sunday matinee matchups. Um, those Thursday matchups start to get a little bit more rival centric, um, and so that's so it why seems like uh, that's why the schedule for the Thunder is more lighter in the beginning. It seems like they're starting Saturday games pretty early. The earliest Saturday game I see here is November tenth at Dallas. You talking about the Thunder? Yeah. Oh no, no, no! I'm talking about more the the well, prime time. Yeah, but I'm yeah. yeah, but I'm yeah, but but I mean, it seems like there's more early Saturday games. I remember 
couple years ago, the Saturday games didn't start till the second half of the season. Yeah, because they didn't want to compete with market them in prime time and stuff. Yeah, like they that. didn't want to compete against OU either. Yeah. Um, so we head into January 2019, and so somebody that we have not seen all season yet finally get to see him on the second day of the of the new year. Yeah. We travel to LA to meet the King, not the Kings, LeBron James and the Lakers. Um, so second. Second day of the year, we see them. Um, then we travel to Portland, which I didn't, you know, Brady Trantham, uh, he's one of the guys that covers the Thunder. Um, he, uh, he put out there that uh, the Thunder have not won in Portland since 2014. Yeah. You know, I did know that. So it's a division rival. You know, you have to play them twice in Portland and yeah. twice. They haven't won there since 2014. I did know that. I think that came up last year during one of the games. That's and I think crazy. I had heard uh, Brian Davis mention it. I mean, and it's funny because, like, I always call Portland the little house of horrors when it comes to the Thunder playing there. They're in Phoenix. For some reason, Phoenix, it seems like it always gives us issues when we play over there. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realize that. Damn, you know? Yeah, it's been a while since we won up there. Wow. Uh, by the way, both of those games are on ESPN. Oh, okay. So Lakers and the Portland game? Yep. Okay, then we go back home. We play Washington, Minnesota. Pretty good. That's a pretty good you know, two for right there. Uh, then we play. Then we travel to San Antonio uh, to play San Antonio, and then on the twelfth we play San Antonio here at yeah. home. So another not back to back, but another home Pretty, and home. I mean, close enough back yeah. to back. Yeah, it's home and home with them. Uh, then on the fifteenth we travel to Atlanta. Then on the seventeenth we welcome in LeBron, and we play them against. What's up? And on what network? On oh, TNT, of course. TNT. <laughs> yeah, on TNT where the Thunder play. One of the T's in TNT means thunder. thunder. Yeah. Thunder uh, Network Television. There you go, yeah. Uh, then we travel to Philly on the 19th. That has to be on TV somewhere. That is an ABC game. Oh, okay. There we go. So on Saturday on – sa- oh, that's a, that's a matinee. That's, that's a Saturday 3.30 game. That's strange. So it's probably a doubleheader. We're the first of that game. Probably, yeah. So we do travel to Philly uh, to play um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and all them. Here's a little note. Philadelphia – has not beaten Oklahoma City since 2008. I did also know that. So it's been like 18 or 19 times in a row. Yeah. So they'll be they'll be looking for blood. If if there's one, you know, you know, every team has a couple games circled. They have this game circled. I can pretty much bet you that. I can pretty much guarantee you that Philadelphia has this game circled. Uh, then the 21st, we travel to New York to play uh, the Knicks. Then it's a crazy back to back because we travel to New York to play the Knicks. And it's at 11.30 a.m., that game. It's weird. It's on a Monday. It's the MLK Day. Yep. So we're one of the first games on that day. Uh, and then we travel back home after that game to play Portland at home here. Yeah, which make, you know, makes sense because you know, we play early, get out of there. Yeah, get out of there, yeah. get home by a good time. Um, then we play uh, New Orleans at home, Milwaukee at home. Milwaukee, The Milwaukee game should be pretty uh, interesting because we know what happened last year. You know, the, the referees blew the call. Yep. They went he stepped out of bounds. Yep. yep. That's an ESPN game as well. Is it? On a Sunday? Sunday okay. night ESPN game. Uh, and then Tuesday, uh, the 29th, we play at Orlando. And it's always an eventful game at Orlando for some reason. Um, so that takes us into February. Uh, February 1st, we go see our boy, Dion Waiters. <laughs> we go to Miami. Uh, we'll see if Wade is playing there. And then on the 3rd, we go to Boston. Um, the Boston game is going to be the pre Super Bowl game. Yes, it is a one o'clock game and it's on ABC. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if the Patriots make it again. 
you know, Boston will be yeah. jam-packed with things mm-hmm. to do. Uh, then Orlando, Memphis at home, at Houston, Portland at home, at New Orleans, and then it's the All-Star break after that. Uh, so we're basically all from the 15th to the 22nd. On the 22nd of February, it's a, back, it's a home back-to-back. We play Utah and Sacramento. That is weird. So this Utah game is actually on national television. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we have two home back-to-backs this year. Um, but those are weird. I don't, I, don't re- I don't quite remember those last year. No, I don't. Back to, home back-to-backs, I yeah. don't remember. Uh, so home back-to-back. Then we play uh, at Denver on the 26th. And then on the 28th, play our friends, the Philadelphia 76ers, at home. And what is that? What is that game on? That is a TNT game. <laughs> it is an eight thirty game, which means it's the second. Oh no! It's a late game. It's a late game. Eight thirty. All right. So we head over into March. Um, let's see. March. We start off on the road against San Antonio. Then we head back home to play Memphis. Uh, and then it's a four. This is our largest road trip of the season. Uh, we had two Minnesota, uh, Portland, Clippers back to back, and then Utah. So that's a, that's kind of tough. That is a tough stretch right there. Because we go Minnesota, travel to the West Coast, Portland, Clippers, back-to-back. Uh, then we travel to the mountain to mountain region to play Utah. So those always, anytime you're traveling like that, even if there's days off in between, you're still losing hours of sleep type situation. Uh, we head back home to play Brooklyn and then back on the road the next day to play Indiana. So, again, another tough stretch right there. I put this down as one of the toughest stretches of the season um, at Portland, at Clippers, at Utah, um, Brooklyn at home, back-to-back at Indiana, and then Golden State here in Oklahoma City on the 16th. Uh, Then we play Miami home, and then Toronto at home. And then we have a weird home-and-home with Toronto. So we play Toronto here on the 20th, and then we travel to Toronto on the 22nd to play them there. So we we get Kawhi two games in a row. So, yay. Um, At Minnesota on the 25th, then Indiana, Denver, and Dallas at home to finish out March. March is tough. March is going to be very tough. Um, And then April, we see LeBron again. Uh, We see Reggie Jackson. We play Detroit. And then at Minnesota and then home, uh, we play actually play a back-to-back to to finish out the season um, at home against Houston and then at Milwaukee to finish out the season. So, what is what are some some things that kind of stick out? What are some things that kind of well that tough road trip, road slash home trip mm-hmm. in March, uh, you know, doesn't give you. I mean, you're at Indiana to then come back a day off and then face the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Definitely not an easy trip. Um, the four road trips is pretty difficult right in there. I mean, good thing is since we live in the middle of the country, we. Our biggest road trip is just four games. You know, those West Coast teams right. and East Coast Right, they go teams. from side to side. Yeah. We do have that advantage, but it's still – and the way it's laid out, too, makes makes sense. You go mm-hmm. from Portland to L.A., then back this way. Yeah. You know, you go up, down, to back to the middle. Uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, I think they said I, – I think there was a chart uh, that said the amount of mileage that the Thunder should travel is – I think it's 19th most in the league. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, primetime games where we place where we face big opponents: mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia, uh, Boston, Houston, Golden New State. Orleans, Golden State, uh, Philadelphia again, Denver. We get Utah. 
There is a lot of like big time games on there. I think there's thirty six. So I think there's twenty seven of the TNT, ABC, ESPN variety, and then you add in nine NBA TV TV. Uh, so New Orleans is yeah. uh, the first New Orleans is NBA TV. The first Sacramento's NBA TV. Oh, the home opener. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a popular team. Yes. You know, like like kind of just kind of think about that. I mean, this is a team that lost Kevin Durant. Lost Kevin Durant and has lost twice in a row in the first round. And we're still getting 36 games Well, the thing nationally. is you have, one, you have two superstars, so that helps. Okay. Two, you have a lot of interesting storylines, mm-hmm. right? You have Westbrook v. Durant softening. Mm-hmm. You have Paul George spurning the Lakers, right? Yeah. You have um, the Thunder as a whole losing to a Utah team that on paper they should have beat, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you had superstars losing to a team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you have uh, the tensions that were high last year with Philadelphia during that Philadelphia game. Yeah. Um, where I believe Adams and Embiid kind of got in each other's face. Well, not face. just that. You remember, so the game in Philly went triple overtime. Exactly. And then at the end of it, you know, Westbrook is dribbling out the ball while looking at the at the Philly bench that has right. Embiid and, and right. Ben Simmons. And then when they played in, in Oklahoma City, you had Embiid dunking on Westbrook and then taking that picture and after the game putting it on his Instagram and the location being crime scene investigation. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of great storyline with this team and with the opponents and as you can tell mm-hmm. looking at some of the teams that we play nationally there's a lot of story to it with the exception of like Washington I guess it's always a good game when we play them but not a whole yeah. lot of history there per se but all the teams that we play on national TV there's either history or tension there it's a story there's uh, always a narrative you know, uh, Anthony Davis has come here several times mm-hmm. and put a last second dagger into into the Thunder's, into heart, the Thunder's yeah. heart and steal a game, you know. Um, and plus, and so it's it's either one of two things: you either have a great player or you have a great team. And so Anthony Davis, even though New Orleans may not necessarily be considered a great team, he's an up and coming great player. Well, he's he's been somebody that's proven that he can put the team on his shoulders and mm-hmm. win the game when needed. Yeah, you got him. You got you know you got the the Kawhi Leonard storyline as far as how he's going to do those two games in March yeah. against the Toronto. Toronto are, are they on TV? I mean, of course uh, they're on TV. But. So the first game at home versus Toronto, mm-hmm. which is an eight thirty game as well, is on ESPN. The second game is not. It's, it's on not. Fox Sports at okay. home. Oh. Those eight thirty games kill, man. That uh, is <laughs> like, a rough drive back, and you, it's a Wednesday too. So you literally do not get out of the game until at least eight eleven. Well, it depends on the speed of the game. Also, there's been yeah. a couple of games where we get out of there early. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, by early we get home at like twelve thirty instead of one thirty. But Ugh. man, I, you, you remember those those playoff games? Oh, waiting for man. not whenever we used to park in the. Uh, in the uh, what's that called? The, in the uh, parking structure for the Sheridan Hotel. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Oh my! And then waiting for that line to get yeah. out. Oh, getting home yeah. at one two. Good news though the 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 uh, trolley cars are up and running now. Uh-huh. Uh, I was looking into the prices for those because it might save us on some walking after the game. Yeah, uh, maybe. And uh, so that traffic. So it, there should be 
less congestion. When there. do they start? Are they already running? They're up and running. Yeah, yeah I've already seen go. video of them. I gotta go hit uh, hit up Bricktown and see uh, see these little trolley cars running around. Um, so yeah, so looking at all that, I don't know if you've looked at all that and kind of formulated a kind of a win loss type thing. I mean, we talked about it last week. Mm. I think. Uh, over and under is at 40 50.5 yeah 50.5 i think 50.5 is i'm i'm i would go with that i think that's safe and i think that's achievable so that's where i would stay with that so are you taking the over or the under are you taking 49 or 51 no i'm pushing I don't i'm know. staying right at 50.5 oh yeah take the push know, <laughs> you know those those games where they tie at the end and they just give you half a game. <laughs> exactly. I take the push. No, I'd probably go over. I'd probably go over. I think so. I, I think they're going to start off very well. Um, whether that propels them or not, I don't know. Looking at the schedule, you know, as I looked at it and I kind of dissected it myself, I said 40, I mean, 54 and 28 is what I said. Um, I mean, that's definitely – that's not out of the realm of it's possibility. Not. The thing is they tend to, like, lay some eggs oh, at yeah. random times. They get lackadaisical at times. And and those are what, like, kill their win totals. It's like the the three-point shot is, is the great equalizer. That's why, you know, <coughs> you can watch a game in the regular season with the Warriors and they can play just horrendous for two and a half quarters. For three and a half yeah, quarters. three and, and a half then the quarters. Last and then, you know, they'll have that half-quarter spurt where they completely decimate a team, like outscoring them, you know, 30-8 to eight within a span of, like, six or seven minutes, and the game is out of reach for the opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the opponent may have been up by, like, eight or nine, after that spurt, they're down by, like, 15, 16, and it's over. It's basically over. Um, shooting, three-point shooting allows you to do that. The Thunder don't really have that. You know, they don't have that in bunches like does Golden State, like does... Uh, Houston. So that's why, for the most part, the Thunder tend to struggle from time to time in holding leads. Um, hopefully that's something that consciously they see, consciously they, they kind of know, maybe Westbrook, and you know, and so they keep their pedal on the their foot on the pedal and kind of, you know, keep scoring points instead of just trying to get all lackadaisical and losing games and allowing teams to stay in games and eventually losing those games close, which is what they're, you know, they tend to do. Um you got anything else on the schedule? No, I mean that's. I mean it's 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 well other than the fact that we know that so it was put out there that uh, I think Shams was the one that put it out there. Uh-huh. So the the NBA has cut back on the uh, oh yeah eight games in twelve days mm-hmm. and also the four games in five days I think. Yeah, so it's, and it's completely cut them out. Right, and they're they're down to thirteen point three for back to back games, which I think which the, is a low. The Thunder have 11. Yeah, and I think the at, for reference, in 2014-15, there was 19.6. Yeah. Um, you know, back-to-back games, and now they're down to an average of 13.3. So No, the, 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 the NBA, you know. They're far- definitely putting a premium on rest. And, exactly. And, and, you know, and uh, acclimating these uh, players to the, the travel and the schedule. Mm-hmm. They're also, they're taking all of that into account. You know, I was joking around when I said, "Oh, they got three, you know, three days off in the beginning of the season." But I mean, it's true. Every team's going to find those. And you're, they're going to have spots where they they have three days off, and they're going to have spots where they play, you know, in a seven game in a seven day time period, they play maybe four or five games. Well, I think like Golden State and Houston, those guys play like you know, 
two games in like three days to mm-hmm. start the season. Yeah. And then I think they have like those three or four days off exactly. right after that. <clears throat> so you'll get a heavy dose of Houston, Golden State early. And then, of course, all the other schedules will kind of – their ebbs and flows will – So, I mean, kind of again, the NBA is doing it right. You know, the NBA is – you know, they have made a, a stance that, number one, they don't want their players sitting out – um, games for rest, especially primetime games. Right. Um, but number two, they're helping out in that in that scenario also by giving these teams plenty of rest, giving these teams time, giving them a full week off on All Star Weekend. Well, moving the schedule up two weeks. Yeah, moving it. Yeah, because we used to start games like around October twenty seventh, uh, right October around 28th. Halloween time. Exactly, and now we're starting them October sixteenth. Yeah, and ending it at the same time. So you know, good on the NBA for doing that. Good on Adam uh, Adam Silver. For holding on to that um, narrative and kind of, you know, kind of building off of that. It's, it's, it's great for the game. Yeah. So just for frame of reference, TNT is going to have a total of 66 games this year um, on their network. They will also have – Is that set- more than normal? I don't, I don't know if that's more than normal. Well, I think that's, I think that's more than last year. Okay. I think this is a big chunk. And, I mean, this is going into – I, th- I want to say th- this is the 35th consecutive year uh, Turner Sports has been covering NBA coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so and of course they get a lot of primetime games, the opening double headers, MLK games. Yeah. The MLK uh, triple headers are theirs. They have the players only stuff on Tuesdays. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the players only. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I dread those three weeks in March. Whenever you know Kenny and Charles and Shaq are off covering NCAA Madness, games, yeah. yeah, the March Madness, and it's just like, uh, you know, it's. It's like <coughs> like Reggie Miller is okay. You know, at least he's been doing this for years, you know, as as far as being a commentator. Um uh, Chris Webber is okay, but when you start adding Nate Robinson in there, you start adding, you know, some of these guys, it's fun a little bit, but it kind of turns into locker room talk after a while and it's just kind of, you know, you're watching a game and you do want some, you know, some, some insights. Some, well, yeah. I mean, you want you want you want the play-by-play guy to play-by-play, yeah. you know. Like, all these guys are color guys. All these guys are the ones that add the commentary, um, that add the uh, the tidbits. And whenever you have all three of those guys being those guys, it just makes it a little bit. Yeah, you need more Mike Brains and yeah, Kevin Harlan. It just makes it a little guys, bit yeah. disorganized as yeah. far as the, uh, the telecast. Um, so we do have a couple um, Twitter questions. Um, so our boy Thunder Chats, I was just on his podcast here uh, last week. It was a great time. Um, so he has a question. Um, so, hello? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were, I was waiting for you to read off his Twitter handle. All right, so going to make it down to my first game at the peak this season. I'm balling on the budget, so what game should I try to go to? Oof. You know, <laughs> like – you kind of threw that caveat in there of balling on a budget, and um, well, you know what? I think a good game for him to go to on uh-huh. a budget is a New Orleans game. I think could be uh, achievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to get great action in the in the Pelicans game. Yeah. Um. So we got we got November fifth Pelicans game on a Monday. I think that's pretty good. Um. You know, the travel, I don't know how you're traveling. I don't know if you're flying in or whether you're driving in. Uh, but if you're flying in, you know, flying in on a Monday morning. Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night is probably cheaper than, than anything else than any other time of week to travel. Uh, so we have that game. 
Let's see a random. Mm, like, I'm not going to give you any of the primetime games. Because if you're yeah. balling on a budget, you you're, can't go to those games. The Golden State game is going to be ridiculous. The Lakers game are going to be ridiculous. Yeah. The Rockets game is going to be ridiculous. Like, I know you would love to go to those games, but probably not going to work out as far as balling on a budget. Now, you might be able, maybe, a 76ers game. Yeah, they're really? an up and coming team. I, I they're an up and coming team, uh-huh. and it's a hot. It's going to be a hot ticket, but not a whole lot of like. I don't see a whole lot of like transplant seventy sixers fans well, over no, here. No, but I mean that you you have that narrative now. You have that that troll fest between. Yeah, but I mean, besides you and me and other people who really think, cover this, how many people are like going to remember that that actually happened last year? I think year? a ton of people are. I, I think. I think Embiid is a big enough star to where people are starting to remember those types of things. Um, I mean, maybe. I think that might be the one, like, super primetime game that might be yeah. reachable. Okay, so I have another one in December. I don't know when you want to travel, so I'm going to give you <laughs> one for every month. Uh, so in December, on the 17th, it's a Monday again, they play Chicago. So I don't know if maybe your job, maybe, you know, at that point you're starting to kind of get off for Christmas break or anything like that. Uh, so the 17th against Chicago would be, I mean, as far as balling on the budget, you could probably get a pretty good ticket for that oh, game. Yeah, I was going to say Chicago. Like... Yeah, I mean, listen, you're coming to you're coming to town to watch the Thunder. I mean, you would like it to be a good opponent, but you're coming to town yeah. to watch the Thunder. Yeah, but you would like the players to be in there longer than two quarters. <laughs> well, maybe. You, we're talking about the Thunder here. You never know. No, that's true. Um, let's see, January. Mm, what do you think? You think Milwaukee on the twenty seventh? It's a Sunday at five. Uh, Maybe take Monday off and you can you know drive back or fly back. I know I know yeah, Louisville's about I, a twelve hour drive. I guess Milwaukee. Drive. That's still a team that not a whole lot of people have seen. I mean, yeah, mm. everybody knows the Greek Freak, but uh, yeah, that that could be an achievable game. I think so. Uh, February. I mean, we got Orlando on the, on a Tuesday on the fifth. We got Memphis on Thursday on the seventh. Um, you got Sacramento on a Saturday. I mean, it's at seven o'clock it? p.m. It's on a Saturday. It's on twenty third of October. No, February. Oh, February. Oh. So that's I mean, balling on a budget, you get yourself <coughs> darn good tickets against Sacramento. Darn good tickets against Memphis on the seventh of February. Orlando on the fifth of well, February eleventh is a Monday. Portland. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of options there. Uh, March. Mm. There's some good games in March. Uh, maybe the third. Miami. The third of Sunday against Memphis. Uh, Miami, the 18th of Monday. Uh, Heck, first, even Toronto. You think? Yeah. Man, I think you're discounting some of these games, man. I think. I mean, that's going to be a primetime game. It's going to be on ESPN. Yeah, it's good. just because it's on ESPN doesn't mean everybody in the world wants to come watch it. Uh, Oh, man, Toronto. I mean, the Kawhi Leonard storyline is going to be something that permeates throughout the entire year. Yes, but again, I don't think we're in a region where people a care about Drake in Toronto or b care about Kawhi Leonard and coming to see him necessarily. Mm. That's assuming he even plays. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we haven't seen video yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. In April, I think the one game in April that you can ball on the budget is is a Friday on the 5th against Detroit. And you can go ahead and yeah. boo the hell out of Reggie Jackson. Yeah. So so hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully that um, 
helps you kind of decide which games you want to go to. Um, I, I don't know if you're flying in. I don't know if you're driving, but definitely let me know. And, uh, you know, I will definitely head up there for that game and uh, kind of join you, homie. Um, and I've got another th- uh, another Twitter question from Extreme Thunder fans, at Extreme Thunder F. Uh, so when will Kyle be gone? I'm guessing he's talking about Kyle Singler. Everybody's in a hurry to get rid of him. <laughs> and, like, at this point, look, we've already endured the majority of his contract. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just write it out and, like, be wise about getting rid of him. Exactly. Yeah, like, so we still have about, so what's today? Today's the 12th. Um, so we still have a good two, two and a half weeks before the deadline to actually cut, you know, cut and stretch a player. Um, so if something's going to happen, it's going to happen between now and then, between now and September 1st. Past that, if he makes it past that, I don't think he's on this roster at the end of the season. I think he gets traded somehow, some way, uh, whether he's a part of a bigger trade. Um, but he he does get traded. So Kyle will be here. If he's here past September 1st, I can pretty much guarantee you that he will not be here past February whatever when the, when the trade deadline is. Um, so sorry if you don't like Kyle that much, but... He might be around for a little bit longer. Um, so let's see. Moving on to some NBA news. Um, so Isaiah Thomas apparently is not a fan of Cleveland. Apparently not. So he was on Instagram. He was on Instagram Live. Looks like he was having a great time somewhere. I think he was on a beach. Something like that. So he was, he was going over you know the places that he's been, and he you know he gave props to to Boston. Gave props to. Uh, Sacramento gave props to where else LA um and then he kind of kind of went in a little bit on Phoenix saying that you know he wasn't there long enough to uh to actually make an impact uh but then when he talked about Cleveland he said that Cleveland was a <laughs> hole he doesn't like Cleveland too much he went Donald Trump on him he called them a, yeah. a crap hole yeah um and so of course Cleveland fans fans got up in arms and of course he issued the obligatory Mia culpa and said oh no i loved my time in cleveland yeah and then he went on he's like oh <laughs> leave it to the internet to you know take things out of context if Duh. they would have watched the whole thing i you know i went to explain <clears throat> i went to explain in depth i'm like how can you explain the bleep hole comment yeah exactly you can't you can't like, just own it exactly just if you think it's it. a bleep hole then say it's a bleep hole and keep rocking with that i mean there's 30 there's 30 cities that represent the nba believe me not every player is going to love every city he he goes to. Um, so you know what? Own it. If you didn't have a good experience somewhere, own it. You know. It <laughs> I'd probably go about it differently. Yeah, maybe. But, but if, you, know, you know, if you're feeling it, if you're feeling it with the camera in front of you, and you're like, you know what? This place, this place, I love it. This place was cool. This place, it's a crap hole. You know what? Own it. Just go ahead and own it and be like, look, I didn't have a good experience there. It is what it is. Cleveland. I'll see you, you know, once a year yeah. playing in Denver. Um, so moving on. So Dwayne Wade, um, I thought he signed. Um, well, he got offered a nice little contract with a Chinese team. Three I think. years, $25 million. Yeah, but I guess he didn't sign that. And he does want to stay with, you know, if he's going to stay in the NBA, he's going to stay with the Heat. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Heat plan to do with him. Because, I mean, 
the Heat are kind of a team in flux. You know, they want to get rid of salary. I'm pretty sure they don't want to give out a a loyalty type salary. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. I, I don't think Dwayne Wade is in the market to take a a Dirk a Dirk, Nav- Dirk Nowitzki type discount. Um, so so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. He of the uh, recent back surgery. You know Instagram. <laughs> it's either you know it, for it, it seems like for older people. Twitter's the one that kind of gets them, or, or Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, but it seems like these NBA players and Instagram, it's not Snapchat. It's not anything. It's Instagram. My thing is, like. They just slip up on that. You like comments, and then for some reason you think that nobody. Yeah, you're an NBA player. Nobody's going to see what you liked. Like, you have at least 100,000 followers that follow you. And so they're going to see every time you like something, it's going to show up on there. Every picture that's on Instagram says liked by, and if you follow that person, it shows their name. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently somebody or there was a thing or, or there was a, a comment that said that Luka Doncic, Doncic is overrated. Overrated, yeah. And so my man, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., decided to go ahead and like that comment. He did like the comment. And so, you know, people. To which somebody responded. Uh, basically saying how can a EuroLeague MVP and, you know, kind of listing his achievements uh-huh. be overrated. Exactly. To which Doncic liked the comment, Yeah. Well, I think the I, comeback comment. I think the person said how could a EuroLeague MVP um, be overrated whenever against somebody oh, who played three games, three games in the it, NCAA. Yeah, and an average, entire year. An yeah. entire year, yeah, exactly. To which Michael Porter Jr., he said his mea culpa. And then he said, if I would have played a full season, I would have averaged 30 and 15. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. <laughs> Look, man, you, if, either, you either. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah, you, either, like, you either say sorry and stick with that or you just go with the comment and you say, you know what? We'll battle it out on the court, you know, come, uh, come this season. Uh, so the rookie class, the Panini rookie class photo um, kind of happened this, this past, was it a couple days ago or, last, days ago, or yeah. yesterday? Um, so Miles Miles Bridges was not able to make it because he had some scheduling issues with uh, airports and airplanes. And again, like I said last week, I went through that, so I know how that feels. Uh, but Hami Hami was rocking the number twenty two, the Thunder number twenty two, old Jeff Green's number, the double um, deuce, the double deuce, and he looked a little bit a little bit ripped, man. He yeah, like a, little, he, a little swole, a little muscle watch going on yeah, there. Yeah, a little swole. Um, so good for him. Um, I do want to kind of get into these uh, these NCAA rules that just came out this past right. week. Yeah. Um, so basically, number one, the rule that I do like is if a player is not drafted, they can go back to college. They can go back to school as long as so I think as long as they haven't hired an agent, or as long as their agent hasn't given them anything, right, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it, again, it all has to do with the agent, and so that rule. Makes sense to me. If you're not drafted, you should be able to go back to school if you haven't received money from an agent. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know during the process, you do need somebody to kind of guide you, and usually those guys are agents. Um, but as long as maybe no money is exchanged and they can show somehow that no money was exchanged during that process, then I, I'm all for somebody going back to school. Now the weird rule was the one that said basically if an organization of their picking, of their choosing, says that you are 
going to be a top what fifteen elite. It a, just says elite, elite an elite player coming into college. Then you can hire an agent to help pay for help pay for your parents to go to and from games, um, things of that nature, right? right? Right. And so the classification of elite. So they put that onus on USA Basketball. Right. They said that USA Basketball would be the ones that determine who the elite players are. To which USA Basketball was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't talk to us about that. To which the NBA also said, uh, no one talked with us about this. Yeah. To which the NCAA came out and said that, you know, we had been – this has been something that's been discussed for the last several years. Uh-huh. You know, just kind of like a miscommunication <laughs> thing. It was uh, funny. Which, which I can imagine they have been. But basically what it means is that, like, these high school players that are coming out, so you have your elite, so, like, the mm-hmm. LeBron James type, those guys yeah. that they know will be able to go to the NBA directly, they're going to allow them to get a, a hire an agent. The agent will be able to, you know, provide yeah. means and stuff, like, for their parents and stuff like that because they know they're going direct. I mean, this is assuming that the NBA gets rid of the one-and-done rule. Mm-hmm. They're going to go directly into the NBA. And that way – you know, realistically, you have these people evaluating you and letting you know the truth. Like, hey, you're a Kwame Brown, go to college. Yeah. You're a LeBron James, you can go to NBA. Or you're Kwame Brown and go to college and don't hire an agent. Yeah. Because it yeah. won't work out for you. Um, ah. Or at least you need some time to develop. You're not ready for the NBA. I mean, I, I know this is all in response to the... Condoleezza know, Rice investigation into... Like reforming Patino and, and all, that, and, and all that, the Louisville basketball thing, the you know, I, I know this is in response to that. I just, I just don't think it. Just I don't know. It just it just sounds like it's muddled. I'm I'm in favor of all of this, and I think USA basketball is probably the better way to go. Maybe you got you jumped the gun on the announcement, but I'm all in favor of this because for every one LeBron James. There's like 17 Kwame Browns. Oh, I know. And I, know. I, I, I don't want these mm. teams being hamstrung by these contracts, although they have the rookie wage scale, which, you know, helps them out. But I, I hate the teams, like, not doing their due diligence because mm. as much as teams do due diligence, all people see is, like, the flashes and yeah. potentials. And then they draft these guys. And then, you know, you have more likely Kwame Browns than you do LeBron but, James. But here's my thing with this. And here's my thing with this rule. Okay, so you allow these elite players – to hire agents to which these agents will help them financially, not necessarily paying them, but they will help them with things that agents agents help out with. So getting parents to get, you know, helping out with families, things of that nature. Here's my thing though. So even, so will, will the, will the qualification of said player change after the first year of college? So let's say they go in there because this has happened before. We've had you know five star talents that go to school and stink up the joint completely. Well, but I think this rule is based off. I think this rule is put in place, you know, because we're pretty much more likely than not the NBA is getting rid of rule of the one and done rule, and I think that's what this rule is put in place for the but guys that can go directly to. They the can't NBA. get rid of it until like twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. 2022. Yeah, they can't get rid of it until 2022. Right. That's darn near four or five, you know, four or three right. years. Right, but down I, the think, line. I think I the, think they're putting these rules into place to have everything ready for when that rule mm. goes away. Which makes sense. Why announce it now? 
makes no sense. To show that it's all about reform, right? Yeah. Condoleezza Rice is there to reform the whole NCAA process and stuff like that. So this is your way of showing, hey, like, we're willing to make changes. We're willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. My thing is, okay, it's good, but it's not – it's it's a good step forward, but it's not, like, as far as you can go. Yeah. You know, you know, we got to figure out a way – with this NCAA, so – even though it was football, but uh, the University of North Carolina self-reported a secondary violation. Mm-hmm. Basically, these players were selling these personalized Jordans that the school gives them. They were selling them on the internet. Okay. And, you know, the rumor is, is they were going for, like, at least two bills, two Gs. Dang. Uh, which, you know, they're dope threes. They're really, really dope threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which P.J. Tucker got a pair. No, he bought them off the Yeah, internet. he got a pair. <laughs> uh, and so they self-reported this violation and stuff like that, but... The point is, like, I'm a sneakerhead, right? Uh-huh. If I went to North Carolina and I got these shoes, yeah, I'd have to be, like, h- hard up for money in order to consider getting rid of these Jordans yeah. that I know not everybody has. Yeah. So, like, you know, we need to be thinking about the situation that allows a, 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 a student athlete to facilitate the need to sell mm-hmm. these gifts that they're getting in order to, you know, get money, which is most likely – Probably going back to their family. Probably. So, like, that, I think that's what we need to keep. That's, like, the next step that I think and the NCAA so, and, and needs to here's, work here's another kind of layer to this is that, <coughs> you know, this is an NBA rule. This is an NBA rule, yeah. I mean, this, I mean, this is a basketball rule. Mm-hmm. You know, how long before football goes, hey. No, nah, football's never going to go there. You don't think? No. <clears throat> there is no 18 or 19-year-old player That's true. That's that is true. ready to play with these grown-ass men. That's true. I, I agree with that. It'll I agree never, 100%. It'll yes. never happen in football. I, so you mean even, – Even Maurice Claret wasn't ready, and then when he finally got through, yeah, he bought, he Maurice Claret's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Hell no. Exactly, <laughs> because he wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I do understand that point. Um so, on a final note, on a more somber note, so um, Lane Murdoch, who, uh, you know, I know myself, I have a whole bunch of pictures on my website without permission, of course, because uh, I'm balling on a budget just like Thunder Chats. Um, but we borrowed, he, borrowed. Borrowed, yes. But he is the guy that any, any one of those pictures that show up on, on ESPN, show up on NewsOK.com, uh, you know, show up on the on the newspaper in Oklahoma City. He's likely the one that took that picture. He is, you know, he's a great photographer, a great NBA photographer, and he's been with Oklahoma City since the days of the uh, Oklahoma City Hornets. Um, so he unfortunately passed away here on the, I believe it was Friday on the tenth, and it, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a surprising thing because you know he announced so apparently his mother passed away of cancer on the third of July. And I think on the 2nd of July, and then I think he found out that he had cancer either on the 3rd or on the 9th of July. And fast forward all the way to August 10th, and he's already gone. You know, so, you know, condolences out to his family. Condolences out to, you know, everybody that's suffering in the NBA community. I know Royce was, was tight with him. I know a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Thunder players were tight with him uh, because, you know, he, he took pictures. You know, he would take pictures, you know, media days, um, after games, during games, things of that nature. And so he was always real good about talking, you know, communicating with the players, communicating with different media members. And if he took a picture of you, if he took a picture of, 
you know, any anything close to you, he would he would ask you if you wanted the picture. He would ask you if you go ahead, you know, to get his email and things of that nature. So uh, rest in peace to Lane Murdoch. It's a loss for the NBA and it's a loss for uh, the Thunder organization. So you know, our thoughts and prayers out to his family. Yeah. And uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see who fills his shoes next year um, as far as taking pictures uh, for the Thunder. But other than that. I got nothing else. Do you? Uh, just side note. So uh, New Orleans filled their center position with uh, Jaleel Okafor. Okafor. Yeah. So we'll see if maybe this could be a bounce back for him. We'll see. Um, Between him and Nerlens Noel, I mean, you know, Philly kept the right one. Don't get me wrong. They kept Embiid, yeah. but they did, you know, they did draft basically both those guys, three yeah. centers in a row. And, uh, you know, two of them have not panned out very well yeah, in the league. So we'll see. Both of them are, are looking to, to bounce back. Uh, but outside of that, you guys take care. Please continue to leave us any type of, you know, five-star reviews on iTunes, any other place that you can leave a review. Uh, please do. If you want to go ahead and tell us, be you know, give us some constructive criticism on Twitter, that's great also. Believe me, you know, we're about a year into this, and we're still learning stuff. We're still, you know, kind of learning how to do all this. Uh, So please do communicate with us. Uh, But outside of that, you guys take care. We'll talk to you next week. And always thunder up. Have a good one. All right. Past month. I mean, he been big time for the past month. <laughs> Where you been at?